Hey everyone, on this week's episode of That's the Tea, I'm discussing the official breakup between J-Lo and A-Rod, Colton Underwood's Netflix show, the Jake Paul-Ben Askren fight and everything that came from it, the 2021 ACM Awards, plus Kourtney Kardashian's 42nd birthday, Demi Lovato's bizarre beef with the Froyo shop, and some YouTube news. Last, recaps of TV shows like 911, Virgin River, and For Real, The Story of Reality TV, Episode 4. Keep on listening for all the tea. What's up, guys? Welcome back to That's the Tea, episode 23. So happy to be here. It's finally springtime, and the weather is agreeing with that statement. You know, we've gotten some really nice days, and I'm just happy. I'm sick of the rain. I'm sick of the cold. I'm finally ready to put all my winter clothes away. Just, you know, put my spring clothes out. I've been doing way too much online shopping slash shopping in general. So I'm just really excited to finally leave my house and be able to wear something bright and colorful and springy instead of um, a black turtleneck sweater because that is my uniform. And I have absolutely no shame in that. But honestly, another boring week and... A pretty well-rounded list of topics today, I would say. So yeah, let's just dive right in. The first big story today is the J-Lo and A-Rod of it all. The couple has finally, officially split after a long relationship and two-year engagement. They put out a statement to the Today Show and they said, We have realized we are better as friends and look forward to remaining so. We will continue to work together and support each other on our shared businesses and projects. We wish the best for each other and one another's children. Out of respect for them, the only other comment we have to say is thank you to everyone who has sent kind words and support. And I think we all knew this was coming, but it doesn't make it any easier, doesn't make it any better. I'm still super disappointed by this. I loved them. They were like one of my biggest ships in you know the celebrity world I was just shipping them so hard I know everyone was obsessed with them it seemed from the outside like they had a perfect relationship a perfect blended family you know A-Rod and Mark Anthony were together at church and singing and every just everything just seemed great about them their kids were like a real family and I'm just like super super sad about this it makes me question a lot of things because After the first rumors came out that they were not together, I mentioned that A-Rod flew to the Dominican Republic where she was filming a movie and there were all these paparazzi pictures of them like kissing and hugging and seemingly normal. And then the next day, A-Rod is posting videos of him playing golf with J-Lo songs playing in the background. So I don't know. It's very confusing. We even got that TikTok reel, whatever, from J-Lo. And she, like, kind of mentioned the rumors but made it seem like it was all BS. And I'm just super disappointed. And I know that my man's A-Rod is hurting. He is just in pain out there. He posted a video, like, hours before the announcement came out on his Instagram story And it was basically, like, a video of all of their, like, pictures and framed things together. And then there's a picture of their names written in the sand in a heart from when he proposed to her. And Fix You by Coldplay is playing in the background. And 
that just says a lot for me. I think he knows that he royally fucked up. He had J-Lo. They were the perfect couple. And I don't know. It seemed like he was up to no good and really, really ruined things for himself. So I'm just disappointed. And also, while we're on the subject, today I was listening to Chicks in the Office. And I discovered I was today years old when I found out that J-Lo has been engaged five times and married three times. I had absolutely no idea. I thought it was like this was her like third engagement, but damn, girl. Everyone loves JLo, I guess. <laughs> um, and not that I want to drag her into this, but I just have to mention her cuz she loves to be involved in the drama. But Madison LaCroix from Southern Charm kind of how this whole thing came about because Craig mentioned something about an MLB player on the Southern Charm reunion, but Madison LaCroix comments, and by comments, she said literally five words. She just said, I wish them the best, and then someone commented on her Instagram something about A-Rod, and she just responded, I have a boyfriend, and according to Dumois, which, you know, you never know, could be fake news, but she has been seen recently kissing Whitney from Southern Charm, Pat's son, so that is a couple I never saw coming, but yeah, I'm just sad about the j-rod split in other news though last week i mentioned that former bachelor colton underwood came out as gay on good morning america and you know right before i dropped my pod and recorded everything more news came out about him so apparently he is getting his own netflix docuseries where olympian gus kenworthy is going to act as his quote-unquote guide to the gay world and I don't know. Apparently, there's going to be multiple episodes focusing on Colton living his life publicly as a gay man. I just have a lot of thoughts about this. First of all, that means this was already in production before he came out on Good Morning America, which doesn't sit right with me. Like, I don't know. He needs to figure out who he is for himself first. He's spent too much time on reality TV trying to figure it out that... I just don't think that we need to see this and there's already a petition with over 20,000 names to cancel this show. People are just not happy about this. I just don't think it seems necessary whatsoever. He is incredibly thirsty. You know, I'm happy for him that he's out and he's comfortable with his sexuality now, but that doesn't make him any less thirsty. And let's not forget that he stalked his ex-girlfriend He doesn't need this huge platform like a Netflix show. And I don't know, he's just straight up dehydrated from being so thirsty all the time. Like, we really don't need to see a show about him dating. Figure it out for yourself, Colton. And that's, that's all we want, okay? All right, now let's talk about the Jake Paul, Ben Askren fight that happened this weekend, plus everything that came of it. So, This fight was hosted by Triller, which is like a TikTok competitor, if you don't know. Honestly, I don't know how they have so much crazy funding. Triller owns or rents or whatever the house that Noah Beck, Blake Gray, and Bryce Hall live in. It's like a gigantic mansion in the hills. And then they put on this huge Triller, what are they calling it? Like Triller Fight Night or something, which is going to be a series of boxing matches. So the fight was hosted by Triller. And it was between Jake Paul, who we all know as one of YouTube's biggest assholes, and Ben Askren. So this was Jake Paul's second 
professional boxing match and he won he fought against ben askren who's uh i had no idea he is a retired mma fighter and an olympic wrestler jake won in the first round in a knockout after only a minute and 59 seconds and i heard a lot of people were disappointed because you know you pay a lot of money to see a fight and usually you see a bunch of fights before the big one and it was just this one and it happened so quickly and you know kind of shitty's money worth whatever ben askren later said that he was disappointed but he didn't give a shit about the result he really only did it for the money and because it would be entertaining and that he was going to try his absolute best and yeah he just didn't give a shit and i don't blame him People also really want Jake Paul to fight a real boxer next time, and I agree because the first one was against Nate Robinson, a basketball guy, and then this one, you know, a little, little bit better maybe. I don't know. He was retired MMA Olympic wrestler, and I also heard from someone that he wasn't even that good in his prime, so I don't know. I don't know anything about him, but yeah, I think that he should fight a real boxer next time. Plus, there's a guy from Love Island. I'm totally blanking on his name. And I heard that they might fight next. And that would be super entertaining. You know, reality TV meets YouTube meets sports fighting. I would be so down for that. Also, I want to clear up a rumor that there were a rumor as if I'm Jake Paul himself. (laughs) Um, There were a bunch of people that were saying that Jake Paul made $65 million from this fight. And that is just absolute crock of shit. He made... I, I saw between like 650000 to like a million plus, I don't know, about sponsorships and whatnot. The pay-per-view uh, total amount, whatever you call it, was $65 million. That doesn't mean that Jake Paul gets all that money. Obviously, they had to put on a show and a performance and pay all these people. Jake Paul did not make $65 million off this fight. That is literally insane. And if you believe that, wake up. But anyway, there were just like a ton of celebrities there. Pete Davidson hosted it. Diplo and Major Lazer performed. Justin Bieber performed. Snoop Dogg. Every single TikTok star you could think of, like the D'Amelios, Addison's family, the Sway Boys, Haley Bieber, Matt James, Quavo, Jack Harlow, Sway Lee, and like, you get it. Everyone was there. Also, I saw a lot of people that were confused why Matt James was with all the TikTok people. Like he was in a background of addison's tiktok and like he was posting on the private jet with addison's like little brother and bryce and blake and he was with them all weekend and listen triller flew him out there because he's you know the big name in the bachelor franchise right now they were all on a private jet together so i'm sure triller or whoever flew them all out there on a private jet and then put them all up in a hotel and he's just hanging with them and like yeah usually the bachelor bachelorette is doing all these press things and they're with different people who are hot at the time and the people who are hot right now are the tiktokers so obviously that's who he's gonna be with but honestly seeing him block justin bieber's dunk in a basketball game with the sway boys and like these rappers was just not something i ever expected to see he even made it on justin bieber's instagram he was probably like just dying over that and honestly i haven't been seeing enough content between him and tyler like why hasn't why hasn't matt james been bringing tyler with him because i feel like when tyler was fresh out of the bachelor franchise him and matt were everywhere together like i don't know anyway 
Um, what else happened? Dixie D'Amelio posted about 800 videos and TikToks teasing her new song, Fuckboy, with Olivia O'Brien, which I'm honestly very excited about. I secretly really like Olivia O'Brien. Dixie also presented Jake Paul with his belt with Avani and her sister Charlie, which was wild. Like, seeing them present this belt was just really crazy. And honestly, probably not the best idea because... There's been some recent allegations against Jake Paul, but not my place to talk about that. And while we're on the topic of TikTokers at the fight, Addison and Bryce had some subsequent drama because people were saying she was with Jack Harlow all weekend and that they're dating. And then Bryce Hall started tweeting a bunch of petty shit like, I'm about to explode, man. Fucking me, telling me you love me, then sneaking around with someone else. That fucking hurts. Because... Jack Harlow posted a picture of him and Pete Davidson, and you can clearly see Addison's hand on Jack, which makes no sense. It's not like it's a super sneaky or sexual picture. And Bryce broke up with her. Let's not forget. And then Addison tweeted, I'm single. Queen, she's not yours to worry about, Bryce. Bye. And yeah, Pete Davidson was hilarious. He was so honest being the host. He was straight up about not wanting Jake to win. He told Ben Askren, no one's rooting for him, everyone's rooting for you, he's a scumbag, or whatever the word he used was, I don't remember off the top of my head, he also got Diplo to follow his mom back on Instagram, I think, which was just a great TikTok if you saw that back and forth, but speaking of Pete Davidson, he is gearing up to portray punk rock pioneer Joey Ramone in the upcoming biopic, I slept with Joey Ramone for Netflix, which is a huge, huge deal. Good for him. I feel like this could really, I mean, obviously he's a mega star now, but I feel like this could really catapult his career, especially acting wise. But the movie is going to be called I Slept with Joey Ramone and it comes with the blessing from his estate. And the film is also based on a memoir of the same name written by his brother, Mickey Lee. So I feel like this could be really awesome. And I'm excited to see where this takes Pete. Sunday night were the ACM Awards and they were so, so good. I even posted on my Instagram story and I was like, if you're not watching these, like what's wrong with you? Because it was a great award show. It was hosted by Keith Urban and Mickey Guyton. And honestly, country music has done an amazing job of doing remote, socially distanced award shows that don't feel just like so sad. And we saw this with the CMA Awards. I was kind of having deja vu because they were really similar. And they were just so good. The performances were good. I love seeing the performances in different places. I know Lady A was singing like on the water behind like under some bridge and it was just gorgeous. And then they do like the Bluebird Cafe and all these iconic country music places. And it's just so entertaining to watch. So these are some of the big winners from that night. Entertainer of the Year, Luke Bryan. Female Artist of the Year, Marin Morris. Male Artist of the Year, Thomas Rhett. Duo of the Year, Dan and Shay. Group of the Year, Old Dominion. New Female Artist of the Year, Gabby Barrett. New Male Artist of the Year, Jimmy Allen. Album of the Year, Starting Over by Chris Stapleton. Single of the Year, I Hope You're Happy Now by Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce. And Song of the Year, The Bones by Marin Morris. I could see most of these. I feel like they weren't such a surprise to me, especially song of the year. Like I knew that Marin Morris was going to win that, even though that song reminds me of like two years ago now at this point, but maybe I'm just in a time warp because of the last year. Um, we had some good performances like Thomas Rhett performed his new song that I really love. Um, 
Carly Pierce and Lee Bryce performed their song that won single of the year, I Hope You're Happy Now, which is a great song. Um, who else do we get performances from? Oh, Mary Morris and Ryan Hurd. Always good. Love her. Love them together in general. But I thought that it was a really good award show. And country music, keep up the good work with the award shows. Speaking of country music, even though she is so not a country music star to me, she will always be from One Tree Hill. Anyway, Jana Kramer has officially filed for divorce from her husband, Mike Cowson, after six years of marriage. She said, I just can't fight any longer. It's time to heal. And they are probably one of the messiest couples in Hollywood slash Nashville. They're kind of always on and off and airing each other's dirty laundry out, which is none of our business. So honestly, I have nothing to say on the matter except for that they're getting a divorce and I'm excited to see who she dates next because he seems like a douchebag. Also, while we're on the subject of douchebags, <laughs> um, Hayden Panettiere's ex-boyfriend, Brian Hickerson, was sentenced to 45 days in jail on two counts of injuring the actress, Hayden Panettiere. And I just wanted to mention this story because 45 days is legit nothing. And he pleaded no contest on Tuesday to two felony counts of injuring her. In addition to jail time, he was sentenced to four years of formal probation, 52 domestic violence classes, $500 in restitution, and a five-year protective order. Last July, he was arrested on multiple felony charges, including four charges of corporal injury on a spouse-slash-cohabitant, two charges of assault with a deadly weapon, and one of intimidating a witness, Panettiere. He also faced a misdemeanor charge of battery on a spouse slash cohabitant which was against her i'm assuming the remainder of his charges were dropped during tuesday's sentences the eight charges against her ex-boyfriend allegedly stemmed from abusive incidents from may 2019 to january 2020 in may 2019 he was arrested on a domestic violence charge and released on bail and then in february 2020 he was arrested again in jackson hole wyoming he was charged with domestic battery and interference with a cop both misdemeanor charges in wyoming and he allegedly punched her with a closed fist on the right side of the face and honestly like this is all just whatever but i remember so many people talking about her abusive ex-boyfriend or boyfriend at the time and how she was in an abusive relationship and I'm just glad to see that they're no longer together and that even though he's only serving 45 days in jail at least he's serving some time because this is just awful I feel so bad for her I'm glad that she's finally getting justice and I just hope that she is doing okay and that this scumbag doesn't harm anybody else in the future so over the weekend, Kourtney Kardashian celebrated her 42nd birthday and we got a lot of Kravis content, which is the only thing I will be referring to them as from here on out. He sent her an extravagant flower arrangement, like so, so huge and beautiful of tulips and gardenias. Apparently those are her favorite flowers. We also got, side note, a ton of kardashian sister content we got all these new pictures they it felt like they were kylie's 21st pictures again like they were just the five sisters looking hot you know doing their thing and it looked like so much fun whatever they were doing anyway travis also this is like where we really 
you know, get into it. Travis also posted pictures on Instagram and the caption was all caps. I fucking love you. You're a blessing to this world. Happy birthday at Kourtney Kardashian. The Instagram post was like half cute pictures and half semi-pornographic pictures. (laughs) There were a ton of pictures of them like making out, like showing so much PDA just all over each other at her birthday party and whatever and then the last slide was a video of her sucking his thumb very very sexually and it literally looks like for a split second like when you first open that picture that post whatever it looks like she's doing something else and I can't unsee it I feel like I've seen it being posted a hundred times and it oh just like I feel bad for Scott because they will always have some kind of back and forth and no one wants to see your ex doing that like it's just probably hard even though he is in a relationship now I don't I don't even know whatever but just someone archive that post from Scott Disick and Mason and the kids <laughs> um Instagrams but Travis also posted a story of her like laying on his chest at the beach and just a full ass shot of Courtney and I don't know we've never seen Courtney so open and openly sexual and I don't know they've just been really showing the PDA online recently he Travis also posted a picture of him and the caption was just like I think about having sex with you all the time or like something like that Courtney posted a picture of him like clearly grabbing her ass or something I don't know you know good for her I hope that she is happy and it seems like they both are and uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated on um, all the Kravis content. Okay, the next story is something that I truly have not been able to stop thinking about for the past few days, like genuinely. So Demi Lovato called out this Froyo place in LA and it did not go the way she thought it was going to, in my opinion. So she posted a story and she wrote, finding it extremely hard to order Froyo from at the big chill official, tag them and everything. When you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies, other diet foods before you get to the counter, do better please. Hashtag diet culture vultures. And then the big chill reposted it on their story and wrote, tagged her and said we carry items for diabetics celiac disease vegan and of course have many indulgent items as well and then Demi posted their like dms between each other it was just not okay and you can see that they replied to her and said we're not diet vultures we cater to all our customers needs for the past 36 years we are sorry you found this offensive and then she doubles down and says not just that your service was terrible so rude the whole experience was triggering and awful you can carry things for other people while also caring for another percentage of your customers who struggle daily just to even step foot in your store you can find a way to provide an inviting environment for all people with different needs including eating disorders one of the deadliest mental illnesses only second to opioids overdoses oh she spelled that wrong don't make excuses just do better and she tagged them again since y'all want to keep this going and then they left her on scene like it literally says scene and they did not respond and then she goes at it again and she says 
I was thinking, this is also via DM, I was thinking maybe it would help if you made it more clear that the sugar-free options and vegan options are for that. Labeling the snacks for celiac or diabetes or vegans. When it's not super clear, the messaging gets confusing and being in LA, it's really hard to distinguish diet culture versus health needs. I think clearer messaging would be more beneficial for everyone. You aren't wrong for catering to many different needs, but it's not about but it's about not excluding one demographic to cater to others. And she said, keeping this transparent, even though I'm done. She went live on Instagram and just like tried to apologize, but was doubling down on the whole thing. And I don't know, I think that she thought a lot of people were going to agree with her about this, but honestly, it was the exact opposite. Everyone is like, Demi, this was not it. It was a very weird hill for her to die on. And listen, you're going into a dessert place. I don't know. I feel like it just doesn't make sense to me. And there are so many people that look for dairy-free options, you know, lactose intolerant or sugar-free options for, you know, diabetes or celiac or whatever. I don't know. But this was just a really weird hill for her to die on. I don't know. Honestly, at first I felt really bad for this Froyo place because I was like, damn, she really just like called them out, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, it's been the opposite. I've seen the line for this place, which is just like a little place in LA, is out the door. Everyone is going, they're trying to support. And the comments on their most recent Instagram post, which was not even recently, it was like from a few weeks ago, are so many people supporting them. And even like Patrick Schwarzenegger was commenting. He was like, I love this place. Like I'm gonna support, blah, blah, blah. The whole thing was just very bizarre. Um, I'm sure that, you know, she was triggered. I've been watching the Demi Lovato docuseries on YouTube. I, I'm halfway through, so I have two more episodes left. And I know that she's had a lot of mental health struggles and eating disorders and just a lot of, you know, internal battles, I'll call them. But this to me did not seem like the right thing to attack a small business during a pandemic that obviously doesn't need any more harsh criticism like this from a huge, huge celebrity. That's just my opinion. Okay, lastly, just a little bit of YouTube news for anyone who loves all things YouTube like me. Jeffree Star was in an accident flipping his car three times on Friday morning after hitting black ice in Casper, Wyoming. He and his friend Daniel were hospitalized. Jeffrey left the hospital the other day with a broken back. He said three of his vertebrae are not attached and he has to wear a back brace for the next few months and is in the most excruciating pain. And this just sounds awful. Glad he's doing okay. I don't like Stan Jeffrey or anything, but just thought this was an interesting story regarding YouTube. Piggybacking off of Jeffrey Star, we have James Charles because there has always been back and forth between them. Not sure what I have mentioned about James Charles recently, but he has been accused many times of grooming and talking to underage boys via Snapchat and whatnot. He says that the boys told him that he, they were 18 and, you know, he was desperate, etc. And last week, Morphe dropped him saying they were going to wind down the sales of their collaboration and then YouTube also announced that his channel has been demonetized, which means he's currently making no money off of it, 
which they have also done in the past to David Dobrik and Shane Dawson when they think that a creator has done something that doesn't align with their morals. I didn't know that they did this, but I'm interested to see what happens to James Charles moving forward. He had mentioned, he put out like an apology video, and he had mentioned that he's literally going to ask for ID or passports or something now because these people told him that they were 18 and they were lying and that's just what he said but anyway speaking of david dirty dom dom zagladis has been an absolute pig on social media recently showing no remorse and just being an absolute scumbag if anyone cares which you shouldn't but just you know with all the things that's been going on with him and he's the cause of all of this stuff just felt right to let everyone know that he has not changed also Jeff Wittick is coming out with a docu-series on YouTube about what happened to his eye, skull, face, whatever, last summer, and I am dying to know, and I'm excited to see his little docu-series. All right, that was all the stories that I had for this week, and now moving on to some more fun things. We have music and TV this week. So starting off, we have Song of the Week, and this week's Song of the Week is Sunshine, The Light by Fat Joe and DJ Khaled featuring Amorphous. Okay, this is such a random song. I found it in one TikTok and I never saw it on TikTok again, but I am obsessed with this song. I can't stop listening to it. It is like I was talking about the weather before. It is the perfect song to play when the music is good and you just want to put your windows down and you know, the song is called Sunshine and it just feels like sunshine and I don't know, I was driving this weekend and I literally was listening to it over and over and over again. I think it is so good. And also, I'm not sure if that's the amorphous singing, but they sound exactly like Rihanna. Like it was kind of tripping me out. But if you don't know that song, which I feel like it's kind of underrated, but maybe that's just me, go listen to it. It is such a good song. And yeah, that was this week's song of the week. As for new music, we got a bunch of new music this Friday, and honestly, a lot of those were also country songs, keeping in theme with our ACM Awards this week, so I'm just gonna run through them, and if you want to go listen, you like any of these people, I would recommend most of them, I think. Shots in the Dark by Ian Dior and Trippy Red, Sabotage by BB Rexa, which is the first single on her album that's coming next month, I believe. Gone Are the Days by Kygo and James Gillespie. Country Again by Thomas Rhett, which is what he sang at the ACM Awards and were so good. Bunch of Nothing by Eric Church. I believe this is the song that he sang on the ACM Awards and I really like it. I could be wrong though, but I'm pretty sure that's what he sang. Beach Cowboy by Brian Kelly from Florida Georgia Line. This song I personally don't love, but I saw some people raving about it online, so... If you are Florida Georgia Line, this is one of the first songs we've gotten by just one of them after they said they were going to go solo for a little while. So tell me your thoughts on that. We also got Cut and Onions by Tim McGraw. 
switching gears <laughs> shoot my shot by idk and offset there's also a drake song that came out this weekend but honestly i thought that it was not good at all so it's not even worth mentioning but tomorrow this comes out on thursday so friday we are getting a save your tears remix by the weekend featuring ariana grande and i am so excited for this i love this song you know it was one of the first song of the weeks and they just make great songs together i'm excited to hear how it's going to change with the addition of her and yeah i'm just really excited for this as for tv just a little tv news before we dive in Ginny and georgia officially renewed for a season two never have i ever season two coming in july which i'm excited about that's such a good show and siesta key season four is coming may 12th which i'm excited about as well i still have not fully watched season three so i have got to catch up before the next season comes out next month but anyway as for tv 911 was back this week and it was an incredible episode it was so so good me and my mom were dying over it we thought that it was like one of the best episodes of the show we've seen in a little while i was actually yelling at my tv because i knew that they wouldn't but part of me was like i don't know with tv you never know like what they're gonna do i knew that they were wouldn't kill chim's brother as his daughter is being born but i was just so mad i was like if they kill him i swear to god like i'm gonna just be so mad and they didn't thank god they had their baby all as well i'm very excited about that and the pile up was just a crazy storyline my heart was breaking for the kid that called 911 like ugh, just just so bad but such a good episode if you watch 911 oh you know it was a great episode i also watched for real the story of reality tv with andy cohen episode four i believe and I thought this was such a good episode. I even told some of my cousins to watch it. It was all about how the other half lives. So every episode is kind of about like a different theme of reality TV. I know the first one was about kind of like the start of reality shows, you know, the real world and the Osbournes and the Simmons family, like just iconic first reality TV shows like the Kardashians, whatever. And then last week's was about reality, like dating shows, like The Bachelor, whatever. This week's was How the Other Half Lives. And it was about like wealthy people and shows about wealthy people, whatnot. It was such a good episode. It was all about the housewives and love and hip hop and basketball wives, Jersey Shore, Vanderpump Rules, Below Deck. Oh my God, just all the good shows. It was so good. They had some housewives. They had um, Teresa. They had Caroline Manzo. They had Kyle Richards. Um, who else? Candy Burris was talking. Lisa Vanderpump. She wasn't actually no. She talked about Housewives, and then she was also talking about Vanderpump Rules and like Tom Tom, and not that that's a show, but you know what I mean. Like all of the things that have come up of the show. And then they were talking about how there's such a divide between Below Deck because you're seeing all these wealthy people, and then the show really focuses on the people who are working for those wealthy people, and oh. I just thought this was a really, really good episode. Last but not least, I finished watching Virgin River with my mom last week. We were obsessed. We watched both seasons in less than a week. We were just so addicted. And spoilers ahead, if you haven't watched it or you want to watch it, this is the last thing I'm going to be talking about. So see you guys next week. But I'm going to talk about Virgin River. Season one, I thought was really good. It was like a Hallmark vibes show but still like 
just so good. I loved Mel. I loved Jack. And even the doctor. Why can't I think of his name? Oh, Vernon. Vernon something. Doc. Whatever. Mullins. I loved him. Even though at first he was like kind of an asshole. Hope just makes me laugh so hard. And Paige's storyline. Oh, like we knew something was up. And then I didn't love how season one ended with the cliffhanger with her ex i'm pretty sure that's how season one ended i could be wrong whatever i thought season one season two was so good we got doc and hope back together even though there was some drama with muriel in there i thought it was still entertaining um mel and jack finally get together but freaking charmaine is pregnant with his twins and oh my god like you just hate Charmaine and she was just such a bitch throughout the whole season like I know you're pregnant but you're not with him he can do whatever he wants and she just hated Mel for no reason and it was just really really bothering me so was all the Brady stuff I just have such doubts about the woman who was randomly there and was telling Preacher to move to San Francisco and like hired him or whatever I don't know she gave me bad vibes but the cliffhanger that they leave you with on season two with Jack, like there's absolutely 0% chance that they're going to kill him off. But oh my God, I don't know. Who do you guys think did it? Like, do you think it's one of the guys from the, the pot camps or Charmaine because she was really, really mad at him? I don't know. I don't know. But Virgin River, highly recommend. Wow. So good. And now I'm dying for the next season. But that was everything for this week. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. Please subscribe, give the podcast a five-star ratings, and just tell all your friends to listen and follow. It really means so much to me. You can listen anywhere that you listen to podcasts, and you can follow the podcast on at that's the tea underscore podcast on Instagram and at that's the tea underscore pod on Twitter. That was all the tea for this week, and I'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye. Bye.